back here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. That's Kyle Porter. Uh, Kyle, the the first tournament of the 2019 calendar year in golf, it it might end up being one of, I mean, I am going to be so prone to hyperbole here over the <laughs> next like three weeks, but that might have been one of the best tournaments that we'll see this year. Well, when I when we talked about doing this podcast on on Sunday after these tournaments finish, I did not envision it, it it being this crazy on the first one. This is the first one we've done like this. You know, right. we, we usually do like a a Monday recap or a Tuesday or something like that. And I know it's not always going to be like this, but I'm I'm fired up right now. That was unbel- That was an unbelievable finish. And I know it's not two of the biggest names in golf, but it was still, it was a lot of fun between two of the top. I don't know what Gary Woodland's ranked 25, 30 players in the world right now. Yeah. Xander Shoffley, the winner at the century tournament of champions, uh, a ties, a course record with a 60 freaking two on Sunday. And, uh, Gary Woodland started the day with what was it? He started the day with a three shot lead. He shot five under and he lost by one stroke. He started the day with a three, uh, with a, Three shot lead, but a five shot lead on on Xander, Xander. and lost by and and was five under and lost. I mean, I I, almost, I feel bad for for uh, for Woodland. I mean, what are you, what are you supposed to do? That's and I think that he he said that in some of his comments after the round. He said, "Yeah, I mean, I'm frustrated. I played really well, and I think that there's going to be." Um, there's going to be a lot of momentum behind Woodland. I think there's a lot that he's going to be able to build on this moving forward is because again, there is a lot to unpack with Xander in terms of bigger picture stuff. Woodland was in the last group with Rory. Rory did not have a good Sunday. Justin Thomas came out of nowhere. We've got a lot to, lot to get to, but first just from the Woodland was it one for eight conversion rate on a 54 hole lead as a career. What's, do you diagnose that as in this particular instance? I think you give credit to Xander, but do you diagnose that statistic as meaningful or is, is that more circumstance? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that stat as it relates to Rory even, cause I know we're going to talk about him and kind of the final round issues. And I, I, I just, I, I mean, honestly, I think you have to take each of those on a case by case basis, With right? Context. Like there's, there's, they're so different. Like it's just, it's a stat that gets thrown around and you're like, well, was he was the person leading by one over like DJ and JT, or was he up seven over like Ted Potter? And did and did he lose like, uh, because he shot a seventy three, or did he lose because he shot five under and the other yeah. guy just shot a sixty two? Yeah, in this instance, it's I just I mean, there's nothing to be held against Wilden, and I mean, we even see it sometimes where guys like have a good score, but they kind of fade at the end. He didn't. He didn't really even do that. The the shot he hit on 17 was unbelievable. I mean, the shot he hit and the putt he made on 17 to follow what Xander did on 17 was it was incredible. And yeah, should he have birdied 18? Probably, but he didn't. And Xander's the champ. I mean, Wilden beat uh, the the guys that were fourth by seven strokes <laughs> <laughs> and got beat. Oh. That's, that's brutal. That's a brutal way to go. Um, all right. Xander. And this, this is a, do you believe that Xander is one of the top three players under 30? And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and come out here and throw a caveat on, on this conversation. I've, I've said this, I think two or three episodes ago, 
when we're talking about players under 30, can we officially move Roy McIlroy to 30, even though he's not going to turn 30 until May? Yes. Yeah, okay. Move him to 30. Cool. All right. Um, where does Xander rank among the play- top players under 30 for you? Well, I, I'm going to write about this on Monday, but like top Americans under 30, I, I mean, he, he's got to be up there. I've got I mean, him. I, I I've think, got him fourth. I think you still go. I think you still go JT ahead of him. I think you still go Spieth ahead of him. I think you go Bryson ahead of him. <laughs> Ooh, I, no, I've got Brooks. Oh yeah. Oh, I, okay. Kepka too. So I guess I would have him fifth. Mm-hmm. I've got him just ahead of Bryson, and I didn't even think Americans. I've I've got all five of those guys ahead of John Rom. Mm. I've got John Rom sixth. I, I I would I would have Rom. Oh man! Are you going to move Bryson? Or are you move Xander? Is Xander ahead of? Are you putting John Rom ahead of Xander? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, that's the deal. It's like, and but here here's the problem. I was looking this up before we got on here. Uh, Xander's won four of his first sixty-one events, and these aren't these are not. He won the Tour Championship. <laughs> yeah, he these won. Are not, this is not St. Jude. Yeah, he won. No offense to St. Jude. They're, they're a WGC now. Or, uh, or yeah, Memphis. Yeah, aren't they? Yeah, Memphis is a WGC. Much love to the Memphis. Um, Shout out to anyway, Gary Parish. Anyway, he won Tour Championship. He won Greenbrier. He won China earlier this season. And now he's won Capua. Uh, Crooked Sean Martin was trying to make the case that uh, he hasn't won a full field event yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which was hilarious, but uh, these are these are big time events. He's won four of his first sixty one. I looked up uh, Bryson, so the guys were talking about Bryson, Spieth, JT, and then I looked up Fowler. I guess he's not under thirty anymore, but those are kind of like the young Americans that we always talk about. They won three of their first sixty one combined. So I don't really know what to do with that. Because I never, I never watch Xander, I guess, except for today and think, wow, top five player in the world. And yet he's going to be ranked sixth, uh, in the world rankings next week or this week. He doesn't have the, he is already starting to accumulate wins that might put him beyond the, the, like the success on paper. But if we're trying to categorize Xander Shoffley, my takeaway from him watching him today was a little bit of Fowler-esque and maybe that stature, but just that idea that when you, when you get hot and when you start being able to take some risks and you're dialed in, I mean, I, 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 I hit you up. I was like, dude, Xander's blackout right now. <laughs> he is 100% out of body. Just, just flowing. And the way that he was taking aim, I mean, the dunking it on 12 was the highlight but yeah. I, I got to think that some of those other approach shots were some like I, I don't have his advanced statistics, uh, you know, distance to pin on approach shots in front of me. But that the the way that he was just honing in on those pins and, you know, they talked about on the broadcast, they got favorable conditions like it. it the wind was wasn't blowing quite as hard. There was going to be a chance to go out and get it. And Xander, who correct me if I'm wrong here did not have a 54-hole lead in any of his four wins. It's just got to be one of those players that you just got to be like, you can never count him out because if he gets hot on a Sunday and gets dialed in, then it is so much fun to watch. Yeah, it, it was 
kind of like Fowler at the uh, what was the players that the, he won? The was players four, fourteen or fifteen, whenever that was. Uh, it it did feel a little bit like that. Xander, I do have Xander's advanced stats. He finished uh, <laughs> he finished first from T. To, this is Sunday only. He finished first from T to green, first in approach shots, <laughs> second second around the green, and second in putting. So you can see how he strung together a uh, he gained seven point seven strokes on the field, which is I mean it's just unbelievable. In a single round, it's absurd. I mean, for me, it, the three shots were the. Uh, the the chip in or the hole out on 12 for eagle which was actually a second hole out of the day for an eagle <laughs> right uh, it was it was the approach on 17 which that pin was i think it was back left or like middle left and the line that he took the announcers were like beside themselves <laughs> at the at the line that he took to that pin <laughs> and it was i mean it was unreal and then again woodland following it up was was just as impressive terrific theater and those and, and like because xander was the group in front of him woodland saw everything yeah yeah it was cool and you and you all and the cameras were positioned where you where you watched him see everything which right. i thought was pretty cool but then the third shot was the approach to 18 i mean the 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 shot he hit at 18 he probably should have made that putt for evil and mm. then that would have been that would have been it that would have been ball game I mean, it, it just it 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 happened so fast, and and those those three shots were the ones that stood out to me. I mean, it, when you're playing the last 16 holes and uh, 12 under, you're doing everything right. But those were the three that that I'll remember uh, about this round. Over under Xander Shoffley wins from now until the end of the season. One and a half. Uh, I'll go under. Think he gets another it, dub and yeah yeah. Well, here's here's the thing though. If he gets if he has another win and it's like and let's say he wins the U.S. Open at Pebble, he's probably the player of the year. Right. I mean he's 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 one. Four was it four was it three or four wins in a major is kind of yeah. what you always. I, I feel like I picked that up from you. That is sort of the the routine player of the year type resume. Yeah, and. I, I think people are going to like it because, you know, the China thing happens in, in the middle of the night and Kapalua is kind of it, it's not I mean, golf people are into it, but not every everybody doesn't really tune in until around the Masters. And so you can kind of hide some of these wins. And all of a sudden we're going to we're going to get to May and Xander's going to have three wins, including a PGA. And you're like, point of the year race is over. I mean, it, it's it's. I don't know. It's pretty wild. Uh, he's been really impressive so far this year. What is? Uh, how do you categorize Xander? Where do, I, I I threw out the the Fowler esque. I'm not totally committed to that, but just the the idea that he's just this dangerous threat that could come out of nowhere on a Sunday and just steal a tournament is a very intriguing role for him to play at this point in a very crowded uh, room of golf stars where he is absolutely not one of the dozen. But in terms of our golf fandom and golf fans who want to look at, you know, what the future of American golf stars look like, I mean, you just have to love watching uh, his progression. Yeah, I, I like the Fowler thing because he, he in terms of I mean, all these guys have like a look about them. I mean, you look at you look at DJ and Kepka and they're obviously just just powerful and hit it forever and, and all these different things. And even somebody like, 
uh, a Justin Thomas just hits it forever. And Xander's long, but he, he you you never you never get the feeling that when you're watching him play golf that he's going to overwhelm you. He's not going to do anything that's going to blow you away. And that's sort of the same thing with Fowler, right? Like I never watch Fowler and think I am overwhelmed by what he's doing right now in terms of like the types of shots that he's hitting or how far he's hitting it or whatever, but it just starts to add up over time. And so, yeah, I, I like, I like the Fowler comparison. I think that's good. Um, where do you want to go next? I do. Do you want to get into Rory? Uh, Bryson? Because cause the pin in was the kind of thing, like, shout out to uh, my good friend Stevie. He, he, was t- he was so excited when the first round started just to see what it was going to look like. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, think, I, think he's, I think he texted me, like, hashtag wait for the clang. Like, you just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I feel like that's, uh, that, that was something that was a humorous early tournament storyline i felt like i even saw him putting with the pin out later on sunday at some point how what what's your what's your takeaway from uh the first bryson um uh, analysis of of the physics of putting with the pin in well him leading the field in strokes gain putting was just i mean chef kiss good oh it <laughs> yes. was it was so just on the nose it just it was painful almost I, I was actually surprised at how many guys left it in from distance. I saw Woodland make a putt. There, there were a number of guys that uh, on these 30, 40, 50 foot putts, they would leave it in, which I guess makes sense. I just, is this, somebody said this the other day. I think it was, um, it might've been on uh, the uh, Brennan Porath and, and Andy Johnson shotgun podcast, start. The, sh- the shotgun start. Uh, they might've been talking about this, but is this, this, this rule can't last, can it? Yeah, of course it like can. The, you think it will? Yes. Well, I, I just, how about this? I don't have a reason to bet against it sticking around. It just is so weird. Right. Like it's, just, it's, it's bizarre. And the fact that Bryson is like thriving under it, it just feels like the USGA is going to be like, ah, yeah, just kidding. Now we're out. We're good. I don't know. You you make a change like that and have someone championing the the change like Bryson will and will continue to do. I think <laughs> I think toothpaste is out of the tube. I don't think you can go back. It, it's uh, it's hilarious. I didn't see any of his comments about it. I'm sure he said just absurd things but, because because I think the next uh, step is that we like it. If it trickles into the golf world, like when I, whenever this, uh, this fantastic road trip of a season ends and I get to, uh, get back to Raleigh golf association and, and start to get out there. If I see people leaving pins in, then I'm going to say it's here for good. If they can, (laughs) if they can convince the average, the average Joe at the public track or Jane to leave the pin in, then, uh, then I'm, I'm going to say that it's too late. I think I, I think I'm with JT. I think I just can't take it seriously. Agreed. Like I can't like when he said, I can't take myself seriously. If I leave the pen in to putt, I, I agree. Like, I can't take you seriously if you leave the pen in to putt. But I also like think it's hilarious and great that people are doing it like for, for content purposes, for content purposes. It is fantastic. Because that's because yeah. then you're doing so, it like you're doing the Bryson, right? 
I mean, what if what if like Bryson leaves the pin in on eighteen at Augusta to to win the Masters? He's Bryson is good enough that I feel confident saying we will have a highlight of Bryson dropping a winning putt with the pin in. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's crazy, and you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this. My lasting image of the uh, of the eighteen Ryder Cup. I think I said this on here, told you or something was so Noren, Alex Noren made the 900 foot putt on 18 to give Europe a 40 to two win or whatever it was (laughs) all numbers approximated. Right. Uh, and Bryson, the only thing I remember from that is Bryson sadly carrying the pin back to the cup. And all I was thinking this week is he'll never have to do that again. He he just he won't have to carry it like that again. He will never have sad Bryson carrying the pin back to the cup again because it would already be in there. I have friends who have followed Bryson down the one club length hole, so I do believe that I will also have friends who follow Bryson down the leave the pin in. <laughs> I just I th- I think we're I think it's too late. We're in, we're we're living in that world now. I was watching on Thursday because him and DJ were paired together, right? And I was thinking about what DJ was thinking the first time that he did it. I saw one highlight where Bryson left it in, sank the putt, DJ took it out and missed. Yeah, poor I, th- poor I tweeted that out. That was hilarious. But oh, my God. Just, just thinking about, like, what DJ was thinking the first time he saw it. Like, wh- wh- like how are you are you allowed to do like what do you do like i i just i don't know the whole thing is just it's 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 great it it is is great for content purposes and yes i do probably fall personally as a matter of personal taste i want everyone to live their own life pull the pin leave the pin whatever you want to do within the rules but yeah i'm i'm probably leaning more towards the old school stodgy establishment uh, I can't take that seriously. That's not that's not fitting, I guess, as uh, <laughs> as relatives of mine might say at some point. It's just it's not fitting. You, you yeah. take take that pin out. Come on, buddy. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, all right. We will uh, further dive into the Century Tournament of Champions in just a second. Right after this. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. So Rory, uh, I told you that I believe he's a fashion icon and Jason Day also <laughs> wore the uh, the same print, but man, Nike rolled out some some good looking shirts for uh, this for Sunday today. How about Rory going? Uh, Brendan and, and Sean pointed this out to me. How about Rory going red, white, and blue first two days? Mm. I, had di- I didn't he's even all, think about that. 
I didn't either. He's all about he's all about America. Life is easy here. Then he goes red, white, and blue. Is he going to be teeing it up at Whistling Straits for the Stars and Stripes? I don't think so. Ryder Ryder Cup twenty twenty. I don't. I don't think that he can. I guess that would be what uh, a reverse Benedict. Yeah, well, it's like, so the other Rory, Rory Sabatini, just made news for becoming a Slovakian citizen because his wife is Slovakian, so that he can, have you heard this story? No. So This is real. I'm not making this up. So he can play in the 2020 um, Olympics in Tokyo as a Slovakian? Huh. So why can't this Rory become an American? Because his wife is American. Mm, mm, I'm not <laughs> not here for that, Kyle. Not 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 here for no, that. I'm I'm not here for that either. No, I you know it was um well first of all the new the new uh like driver trage that he has that low just spank yeah. that he just sends. It's it's sick. Yeah, it is I sick. Mean, it him and him and Lidlin was a really underrated uh like final trage group. I mean, they, they're, that's, that's premium trage, but, um, you know, he played well all week. The Sunday thing, I don't know at what point it becomes. And and this is sort of what we're talking about with Woodland. At what point does it become statistically relevant that you've played in seven final pairings since the beginning of 2018 and not won any of those tournaments? Mm. And, and I don't mean like, <clears throat> and again, there, there's a ton of, of numbers to dissect there. And I've watched most of those and, and some of them have been, okay, you just got, I mean, pretty much no matter what he did today, he was going to get smoked. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas played really well at, at Bridgestone final round, but you know, others he's leading, you know, how Tong Lee bucking his head in in, uh, where was that Abu Dhabi or uh, Dubai, I think it was in Dubai, but Rory, but Rory was leading him and, and should have won. Like there, there's just some in there that it kind of starts to, I mean, even the masters, he just didn't play well. You know, he just goes out and, and no, no matter if, if somebody else kind of boat races him or not, like there's just, there's been moments in the final pairing where he just hadn't played well. And, uh, you know, even though, he still probably would have got beat. Sunday was was one of those. I mean, he he was Bad, the final like, top, yeah of the final top ten on the leaderboard. He was he had the he had the worst score. There so, were there were uh, like bad putts, bad approach shots. There were like multiple mistakes along the way. But because he's an all world talent, like you make multiple mistakes and he still shoots a seventy two. It's right. just the I made jokes about the Rory grimace face before on this show. Like I, I felt like it was a good Rory grimace face. Uh, oh yeah. Round like that's yeah. And, and that's the other part about the seven final pairings since 2018. No, it is not. I don't think it's necessarily time to, to break, you know, break a lot of, um, a lot of thoughts about where Rory stands among the greatest golfers based on that statistic. But I will say that sometimes habits can compound on themselves and when your habits are losing when you're in the final pairing, if they compound on themselves, then, yeah, we, we got to treat them all as individual events. But, you know, I, I am watching, and I'm not with Rory, and I'm not talking to Rory before or after the round, but I'm, 
I'm watching him habitually fall into these patterns of not not playing great in that spot. And I think that that is that is it is lucky for him that he already has so much success so that it's not something that he's going to have to overcome and it's going to have to, you know, hit him a, a bunch of times in terms of him valuing his own worth as a professional golfer. He is accomplished enough as it is that uh, he's fine if he retires tomorrow. But I I do wonder in terms of Rory and his own preparation as he's continuing to grow and mature and sort of change his approach to the game. I, I got to think that that's not a, a fun place to be where all of your recent habits and all of your recent experience is that when you get in those spots, you're just not able to seal the deal. Yeah. And I think, I think the problem when it comes to Rory is he is self-aware enough. Like if this was DJ you'd just be like, whatever, bro, like we'll just win the next one. (laughs) And with Rory, I think he's self-aware enough to know that it's like, even if it's not a thing, it's a thing that people are at least talking about. And I think he knows that. And I mean, I think he's talked about it even. And so I think the self-awareness actually works against him in in situations like this. I could see that. And so, yeah, I I don't know. I I, like if he's leading the PGA in four months by three strokes going into the final round, am I going to pick him and feel really good and confident about it? Yeah. But we are a few more of these away from it being like, okay, th- is this a real thing or not? And, and again, like that goes back to, you kind of have to parse out like, <clears throat> what did he, what did the person shoot? Who, who was he leading? What did the people around him shoot? It, there's just, there's so many factors that are so far beyond like, Oh, can't, you know, can't win when he's in the final pairing. What was the guy, the other guy in the final pairing 10 ahead of him every time? Because <laughs> that, you know, that, the, then that means nothing. Like it's, it's a meaningless stat. So I, I don't know. It, it was a little disappointing, but I, I was overall, I was encouraged by the way he played. I thought he played really well for not having played in such a long time. It was Justin Thomas's performance. One of probably the more overlooked storylines that we'll have coming out of this tournament yeah i feel like i looked up and all of a sudden he's third solo third and you're like i forgot he was playing that i took i took note of that the same way that uh when there's like just whenever whenever i realize that a a certain college football team like maybe there's there's like a flaw in the box score or, or they have a result that's probably more significant than a lot of people realize i i think i circled jt because i wonder if this was another one of those situations where if if Gary Woodland and Xander Shoffley aren't both just having well if Xander Shoffley isn't having a day and if Gary Woodland isn't having a week that would rank among some of the best golf of of their professional careers that Justin Thomas in another world probably wins this tournament and yeah. I I think that as we're continuing to move forward I mean I, I don't give Justin Thomas a win but based on the way he played I I think I come out of this and that was probably one of my below-the-fold storylines that he is going to be uh, – he is A-plus, top shape, everything's rolling. All of our hopes for Justin Thomas that we have laid out at the end of 2018 for 2019, I, I have no reason to doubt those. Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, he – yeah, he, he's just – he's – He's sick. And I, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think it just goes back to, like, he's still at a stage in his life and his career where this is, like, the thing. 
And look, like I think it's, I think it's super important to to guys like Rory and Spieth, but they they're also a little bit more advanced in terms of uh, marriage and family life and the, the and and even career. Like they've won more. I just think there's still like a lot left in the tank with with JT, and I think there's a lot left in the tank with those guys too. But I feel like you you feel and see it more with Thomas than maybe you do with with some of the others right now. For the week. Justin Thomas, number one in the field, T to green, number one in the field on approach shots. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, locked in. I'll probably pick him at the Sony next week. Um, all right. So what do we think of, I saw, I saw a note in our doc. You, you love these new graphics. You're all in. Yeah. I thought the present, I thought the, uh, the graphics people, a lot of people were talking about it apparently. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good. I love the, uh, on, the screen where it tells you what they're putting for right and it's large yeah like i feel like they always show it and then it goes away and then you're like i I can't remember i don't i don't know and so i love that they keep it on there uh i thought that was really sharp uh i got a few other notes here Uh, well Uh, hold on i i i think that i figured and i don't know if this is necessarily at all part of the motivation but that making that graphic so large made me think about a sports bar. It made me think about uh, the golf channel and NBC or golf tournaments that are on in places where maybe even the sound isn't on. And in the old package, when the birdie and outright lead was a, a small sliver that would come down below the box that included the player's name and the score and the hole, like the fact that you're making it large makes the moment that they're trying to highlight, which is the putt, something that even if you were across the room, you can see what the putt is for. And that was not something before. And I'm again, I don't think that a sports bar is necessarily what they thought of, but making that so visible such that even if you're not at home, even if you're in another situation, even if that's not the main TV, that it, it's almost like it was created for a multi-screen environment. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I, I love that. And I, I just, I don't know, everything looked really sharp. Maybe I just haven't watched golf on TV in in uh, in a month. And so I'm just ready for anything. You know, that was the thing. Like I, I, th- I said this on Twitter, but like in, de- in December after the hero, I like all I'm thinking is I never want to watch golf again. And then I see one of those Rory, like tragedy low drives on Thursday. And I'm like, when's the masters? <laughs> like when, when, when can it get here? Um, <laughs> uh... So I get I get sucked back in pretty easily. How about uh, how about DJ hitting the wrong ball on Friday? I I, I missed that entirely. What was so he, hit, tell, he hits tell it? What, he hits it what he thinks was uh, out of bounds. A marshal sh- uh, shows him what he thinks is DJ's ball, and so he hits it, <laughs> and then he and then he walks like twenty steps, <laughs> like toward like you know just go, like following after his ball like up toward the green and then he sees his ball which is actually still in play <laughs> and not out his, of bounds it, yeah his original ball which is actually still in play so he has to take a two-stroke penalty and he really couldn't recover on he played pretty well on the weekend he finished t4 also but uh that kind of kind of knocked him out of it i think he shot a 73 or something on friday mm. uh 70 74 on friday Mm. so not not good not good 
Uh, what else? What else stands out? Well, I, I think I think the big thing for me in thinking about this, I was looking at the leaderboard, and you've got DJ, you've got JT, you've got Rory, you got Bryson, you got John Rom, you got Jason Day, you got all these just studs, just superstars. And the two guys at the top are not necessarily names that we associate with being stars or superstars, Xander and Gary Woodland. And yet, I, I just like if if everybody's going out and playing. Like, let's say uh, the next tournament is a one round tournament. It's just 18 holes, and you've got ev- like the top 50 in the world are going out there and playing. Chip, I have no idea who's winning. Mm. Like, I, I have no idea who, and, and that's fun, right? Like, uh, yes. I, I just feel like there is a lack of dominance, even within this um, sort of subset of stars and superstars. That the, like I, I don't know who's going to rise to the top in any given event. I, I really don't. When, when there might be other times where there is a, a lack of dominance, but uh, you know you're almost waiting for someone to to take the sword or or to jump in front. Instead, this is the exact opposite, where everyone's fighting over, like climbing over each other to be able to get to the top. And that's the yeah, co- the competitiveness yeah. of that and the quality of golf that we see for the, the winners, like the, even the players, when they win, like, you know, Xander, not one of the 12 that matter. Gary Woodland, certainly not one of the 12 that matter, but the quality of golf that it takes to beat a Justin Thomas and a Dustin Johnson is incredible. And the fact that we're getting that is awesome. Yeah. And I think the flip side of that is we've seen from a lot of these guys, this sort of fallibility in the final round or on the weekend at big events. We've seen it from, we've seen it from everybody at the top, right? We've seen it from DJ. We've seen it from uh, JT is, can disappear at times. We've seen it from Spieth, certainly. We've seen it from Rory. And so even when these guys get into position like they have, I, I just, I'm not positive what I'm getting. And so you you contrast that to what we saw with Tiger, where it's like, oh, Tiger's leading on Saturday. Okay, should I even watch on Sunday? Because we know what's going to happen. And now on Sunday, even with somebody leading by three or four or two or whatever, I, I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen. I, think, I really don't. I think Sundays are better in 2019, as good in 2019 as they may have been at, at any other time in my lifetime. Yeah, I think so. And and yeah, I agree. I feel like in didn't 2018 we had a bunch of crazy finishes too. I yeah. remember a wild run. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think that one of I hope that one of the defining eras of uh, of this one of the like defining characteristics of this era of golf is the fact that really, really good golf and a lot of really, really excellent players brought out just uh, wild can't like, live sports continues to be successful uh, on cable television and on television because it is the last real drama, the last real unscripted drama golf has to fight a thousand uh, you know, it has to fight a thousand uphill battles to be able to gain attention. If golf was as, uh, if it, if those Sundays were like you mentioned with Tiger Woods, where it was a predetermined scripted ending, then golf might, golf would continue to see things fall. At least the sport is getting thrilling finishes. Yeah, totally agree. Um, what? All right. So, what do we have moving? How do we? Uh, how do we spin this forward? What are you looking at? Well, um, Sony next week, 
I, I don't know. I, I think Xander is a fascinating storyline this year because he is not somebody that I had on my, certainly not somebody I had on my top 10 list coming into the year in terms of storylines. But even if I would have extended like if, if, if I would have had to have uh, written like 20 storylines or 30, would he have been on there? Maybe. Yeah, for I sure. don't know. Yes. You are way, you, you bought Xander stock early. You would have mentioned him by 15. Yeah, maybe. But like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But now, I mean, it, so it was one thing whenever, uh, so Patton Kazire won twice uh, by the end of the Hawaii swing last year because he won Mexico in 17 and then he won the Sony in 18. And so you're like, oh, Patton Kazire's won twice by the end of the, you know, the Sony. And that's one thing. But like for Xander to do it at, at a WGC and the Tournament of Champions, that's a little different. That's sort of like what JT did in, um, when was it? I guess six, 17. 16. 16 and 17. Yeah. He won, he won, uh, what did he win? Uh, he won overseas in the fall and then he won both the Hawaii tournaments to start January. And you're like, wow, JT has got three wins by the end of J by the end of this, the Hawaii swing. And so, you know, I, I think Xander's more on that trajectory of like, man, Xander could win three, four times when a major, that's just, that, that's a, that's becoming a big deal. And I think that's going to kind of emerge from, this this first couple months of the season is as one of the bigger storylines he is kyle porter you can follow him on twitter at kyle porter cbs you can follow me at chip underscore patterson uh always subscribe to the first cup podcast with kyle porter because that's how you get him first kyle thank you very much thanks chip